Hello, this is Katie Sloan. And I am Dina Castro. Welcome to Let's Get Real Astrology, making the connection between astrology and real life. We aim to bridge the gap between astrological theory and how to use the wisdom of the planets in our daily lives. We'll share personal stories that bring concepts down to earth. We'll provide you with strategies for working with challenging astrological energies. And we will always focus upon how to use astrology to empower rather than to predict. If you want to understand how astrology can be used to make your life better, listen in. Hi, everybody. We're back after a season break, and we are starting this season off with um, big outer planet transits. It's, it's kind of our mini series for this season. And today we're going to talk about Pluto transits. And um, Dean is going to kick it off for us since she is the expert on Pluto. I am. <laughs> I don't want to be. Pluto is, uh, it's rules Scorpio and it's about where is the wound and where is the shadow material that we are to be working with. And when you're undergoing a Pluto transit, all the shadow stuff comes to the surface to be looked at, to be dealt with and confronted. And depending on the nature of the transit, it can be more or less forceful or noticeable in your life. For example, if it's a conjunction or a square to, let's say, your sun or your moon, you're really going to notice that <laughs> in your life. You're going to see all the shadow material rise to the surface, and you will have to confront and deal with things like your biggest fears. Um, you will have to face those fears. Uh, things will literally have to die or end in your life so that room can be made for things that are new and more alive and vibrant to you. So that's the the good news, bad news of Pluto transit is, you know, people focus a lot on the, the association with death and shadow material and the wound. And that's, that's all true, but the purpose of it is to get us in touch with what at the core really enlivens us, what makes us um, passionate about our lives, what helps us to be engaged in our everyday lives. Because if you're holding on to dead things and trying to white knuckle hold on to the way that things are have always been, you aren't really living. You know, you aren't facing the fact that you need to let go of either certain parts of yourself, certain structures of your life, certain relationships that may want to end um, so that you can step more fully into vibrant living. And that's why, you know, we talk about Pluto transits in terms of transformation, although transformation is a word I'm not, I mean, I use it, but I realize it's a euphemism. You know, it makes it sound really pretty. The process of transformation is usually not that pretty. It's death of one thing so that something new can take its place. So that's, you know, just Pluto transits in general. And I want to talk a little bit here at the beginning about uh, Pluto square. But before I do that, Katie, do you have anything to add like about Pluto transits in general? Um, well, I'm a Scorpio person, so I sort of love transformation. And uh, I'm like mm -hmm. a transformation specialist, I think. <laughs> yeah. To use that word. Yes, I would agree. Um, God. Yeah, I I just, I agree with you. It just feels like Pluto transits are about turning over the dirt and taking a look at what's not working for you anymore and sort of uncovering that. It's, you know, Pluto transits are so slow. And um, I think if you're someone who doesn't like change and doesn't, you know, wants things to stay the same, for good. I mean, that just seasons change, you know, like that it, it happens naturally. It 
we're always, things are always changing and evolving. And, but if you're somebody who doesn't like that, I feel like these transits can be a little bit tougher or I guess you could ignore it altogether. Just let it happen for you. Right. right? I mean, most people are not aware (laughs) of astrology and not using it actively in their lives. And so they still go through Pluto transits and you can watch and see, um, how it plays out for people, you know, just kind of knowing what the transits are. Uh, you can always choose to go through something more or less consciously. You know, I think that the advantage of knowing astrology and using um, awareness of Pluto transits, for example, as a tool is that you can choose to go into it knowing that, okay, this is going to be a challenging time. Maybe I'm going to need to ask for help. I mean, I literally went into therapy with my last big Pluto transit, knowing that this was coming and knowing that I probably should be in therapy during the whole thing. And I was for exactly three years, you know, a Pluto transit lasts mm-hmm. three years. Um, it was Pluto squaring my son. And I, I'm like, okay, I see this one coming. And I I had to go in and deal with some old family issues because I'm a cancer son. And uh, it was really good to have that container for it. So I often do advise people to literally seek some help, some guidance, some, you know, whether it be talk therapy or not, doesn't have to be the modality. It could be other healing modalities. But to have somebody Mm -hmm. to witness you know, what you're going through to help be a guide, to be a a healer that is present for you can be extremely helpful during an intense Pluto transit. I agree with you. I feel like these major transits that we'll talk about during this series, if I could pinpoint four pivotal moments in my life um, where the biggest changes happened, there, it's my Saturn return it's Pluto square, it's Pluto on um, conjunct my Venus, it is the Uranus opposition. Those are the the ones that changed my directions, also brought my biggest strengths and allowed me to let go of things that were holding me Mm -hmm. back. So um, I didn't know about astrology when I had my Pluto square, but looking, but I did soon after that, um, you know, I looked, I would, I was really got really interested in astrology after my Pluto square. And when I look back in time, I'm like, wow, okay. I can see what that was about. It makes more sense to me. Um, and I was also at the end of it. I remember that transit thinking, I am so grateful that that happened Mm -hmm. to me, you know, and we all get that chance if we live to be, you know, 34 to 40. It's like, there's, there's that opportunity to, um, to have that transit and to have your life change in a pretty monumental way, I think. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I guess I should probably lay out like, so what is the Pluto square and what age does it happen? Um, so all Pluto transits last about three years. The Pluto square is when Pluto squares itself. So that's what's referred to as the Pluto square. And so like a a bit ago, I mentioned I had Pluto square my son, but that's a transit that's personal to me because of where my son is. It can happen at any time of somebody's life, you know, Pluto squaring your son. But uh, Pluto square itself is one of the midlife transits and it's, it's on a cycle. So it happens to everybody about the same age. Although, because Pluto's orbit is elliptical, it's not a perfect circle, it slows and quickens in its movement through the zodiac. And so the ages that it happens shifts a little bit. So that's where it gets a little bit confusing. You can't say everybody's going to have it at 35. When it happened to me, Mm -hmm. I was 35 and I'm 52 now. So people around my age, around our age, you know, had it around that time. Um, Going forward, though, like right now, I think people born in 1981 to 83 are having it. So they're closer to like 38 to 40, you know, having it. Mm-hmm. So that's that's a bit different, right? 
just a few years, but it kind of makes a difference. So uh, the meaning of it, though, is it it's an initiation into midlife. And I know for most people that sounds early because we think of, we've talked about this before on this podcast, I think that we think of midlife as, you know, two old people like in their 50s and 60s like us. <laughs> but yep. yeah, we're definitely <laughs> at midlife beyond it actually totally. we're we're frankly beyond <laughs> midlife cuz we're probably not going to live to be 110 or 20 i don't know about you but i'm not planning on it um <laughs> maybe i don't know <laughs> um but yeah for the midlife transits they really start in the late 30s because the average human lifespan you know is like around 80 and it was even less of course many years ago but we start to feel the pangs of realizing that we're not young anymore at that age. You know, we're heading towards 40. We're uh, con even confronting our mortality at that age. It may even be like people around us. You know, we have older people in our lives that are starting to pass at that age. And we're confronted with an important person's death. Um, so death often is a theme. Facing mortality is a theme during that period. Realizing that you don't have all the time in the world. Like when we're young, we have the illusion that we have this endless stretch of time and time seems to go a lot slower when we're younger. And then you get to Pluto square and it becomes apparent that, oh, we don't have all the time in the world. So we better, you know, start to let go of things that aren't really authentic to us, you know, and this leads into some of the material um, that will be the Uranus opposition and the Uranus transit that we're going to cover later. They're, they're definitely connected, but Pluto specifically will bring up right away. What are your biggest fears? What are the things that you're most afraid of happening? Um, for me personally, what happened at that time was I got divorced and I said that was never going to happen. You know, I got married at my Saturn return, <laughs> 29. Um, I, you know, was like, I'm never getting divorced. My parents got divorced. That's not going to happen to me. I know how to make a relationship work. I'm a cancer, you know, with a Taurus moon. Like, this is going to work, right? And it started off well. And then as things happen in life, you know, we just, it, we grew apart. There were a lot of other reasons it didn't work, but you know, seven years into it almost, I was, I had to, I had to go, but it was really painful. And my biggest fear was not only just losing the relationship and getting divorced, but the shame of it, the failure of it, the losing my home, like losing my actual house, you know, all of that stuff happened. And I had been in this like bubble of security in my early 30s where, you know, we had bought a house together and it's this happy home life. And so it was tremendous loss that just transformed my life. And then on during the same time, as often happens, I met the man that is now my husband and uh, or we met him because we had known each other when we were much younger and we reconnected. And, you know, as I'm getting divorced, I'm also starting a new relationship, which is always complicated. <laughs> it's tricky, pretty yep. tricky. And and then you get a lot of judgment too from others, you know, so that, that brought up all the shame stuff. See, and that was one of the big fears that I was facing is, you know, you can't always look like the good girl. You can't always be uh, the model of what your family expects you to be or what your friends expect you to be. And I, you know, I got a lot of crap from certain people and um, I really fell from this, like, uh, I don't know, state of grace is what it seemed like. Like life was this perfect looking thing. And then I was living in a studio apartment and you know, <laughs> with rats in it. Um <laughs> So <laughs> awesome. it was quite a transformation, <laughs> you know, talk about transformation. Like that's what I mean by that word, right? Oh, that's transformation. Mm -hmm. 
you know, but I had to go into like, what is the worst it can get for me? And that's not the worst it can happen to anybody. I could have been homeless, you know, at least I had a place to live, but it was definitely a huge change for me. And I learned to adjust and I learned to grow. And I'll never forget what um, an, an astrologer mentor of mine said at the time is Pluto transits show you what you can live without, what what you can mm-hmm. live without. And I'm like, I can live without even having the security of owning a home, without a marriage, without any of that just by myself in the studio apartment, as long as I've got food, I'm okay. Like, and myself, you know? Um, But it, you know, I I think there were times I didn't come out of that apartment for weeks and weeks. And I wasn't already in the new relationship really because we were, we lived in different states. So I was pretty alone. And so the solitude of it, you know, really pushed me through, uh, my stuff and soul searching. Um, but on the other side of it, like you said, I was so glad that it happened. Like at 38, I had a new life, you know, Mm -hmm. completely new life. And, um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go back for anything, but it was a bitch, (laughs) you know, it was a bitch of a time. It was really, really tough. Um, But what I want to say to anybody going through this transit or entering into it, it doesn't have to look like this for you. I think mine was especially dramatic because of other things in my chart. You know, like I mentioned, Pluto is conjunct my south node, which means all the karmic stuff came up really strong, too. Um, And, uh, you know, as Steve always says, I mean, transits can manifest on an internal and or an external level. They don't have to all be, you know, big showy events in the, in the biography that occur. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be your divorce, you know, (laughs) that happens. It could be deep internal shifts that go on. Now, I don't think you necessarily get to choose which way (laughs) it's going to play out, but just to say, like, it's not always going to be that as dramatic as, as my story. Um, and also still like those events and and what happened to me during that time, I wouldn't change any of it. So Mm -hmm. what about you, Katie? What, what was your deal during that time? Well, I was just thinking about your story and just being in your cave, you know, it's like, I feel like, like Pluto stuff is always, you know, that saying it's always darkest before the dawn. I mean, I don't, I, yeah, I don't want to scare anyone either or say that Pluto transits has to have to be these dark, we go to these dark places and everything's gloom and doom or we, we lose a spouse or whatever. But, um, but I do think that whatever you have been denying in your life you know, this is a time when that sort of like comes up, mm. you know? And so it's, it's shit happens. Yeah. <laughs> shit happens in our life. And it's like, sometimes it's for the best for us. And I, I guess that's a, that's sort of how I look at Pluto. It's like, oh, here it comes. Okay. It's, it's cool. And I'm somebody I feel like that maybe handles it better being a Scorpio type mm-hmm. of person, you know? Or somebody who can appreciate it more. Um, I do, you know, I I remember a person that I knew who um, was having some trouble facing things about herself and sort of, sort of, um, I seemed to like need her relationship to keep her in a comfort zone. And then when that was over during, during her Pluto square, it was so painful for her that she wound up committing suicide. So, I mean, there's all these different ways that that can go. And I think that if you use Pluto to sort of empower yourself to say, you know, there's things I need to shed in my life. It's time to take a look at that. Like what's the cost of security? Uh, 
that's that's like I feel like in your case and probably in my case too with my my Pluto square it's like security seemed so important but I think it was it it was coming at a huge cost and it sounds like yeah for you you know your mental health and and that being with somebody who is providing you security but also isn't particularly good yeah. for you you know yeah um that's always a question that i ask people like what's the cost of this you know right um and sometimes we have to take a look at that and it's a mm-hmm. bummer because we lose people or we have to lose parts of ourselves that we thought were important so um for me you know i had i have talked about this on other podcasts but i was like a serial um relationship person and i i i think that because i was a single mom and i was very very young when i had my daughter i think that i i also came from you know this 50s family where it's like part of that is your lineage and that voice that says to you that you need a partner in order to survive mm-hmm. you you know and that's the ideal thing right it's like two parents supporting a child is the is or two people that can, you know, like having that support is so important. And so I was the single mom who was always looking for a support. And I was always looking for, um, a partner to, that, to help me. And so I just kept getting into these relationships that were actually not good for me. It was like that instant gratification thing where it's like, okay, here's one. Um, (laughs) I didn't realize (laughs) that that. I could do that. Okay. Here's one. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but that was basically how I how I chose them and hopefully none of my old boyfriends are listening to this because no offense I you all were like great but but um <laughs> but I mostly picked people who couldn't really yeah. do it with me you know and I and so I had a lot of alcoholics or addicts or whatever and and I guess that so so the big thing was I was dating this guy at at the time. I had met him like three years earlier. And when I met him, I was like, oh, my God, if I could get this guy, mm-hmm. like that would solve all my problems. He was he he was intelligent. He was interesting. He was funny as shit. He was like a trust fund recipient. So he was like rich. He had a good work ethic. He was just like all these things that I was like, oh, this is the man that I've been waiting for and he's going to sort of save mm-hmm. me. Uh, I guess I thought I needed that, right? Yeah. Or I I thought I needed that partnership. And so I remember, you know, as time went on, he was not really um, the savior that I thought he was going to be. And, but we had finally gotten to this place where he had moved in with me and we were living together. And, um, he said, I'm just going to pay the rent. I'm going to take care of things. And I was like, it was like the first time in my life where I wasn't, I didn't have to hustle, you know, to make things Mm -hmm. happen, to live. I could have just relaxed into it and like, let him do that. But he was also like a major alcoholic. So it was like the cost of that was pretty big for me, you know? Um, and so I remember one day I came home from work and I was like, I just lost my job today and I have no idea what I'm going to do, but all I know is you have to leave. You have to move out. And that was the start of my Pluto Mm -hmm. transit. I was just like, I got to fucking blow this up and break it down and stop this pattern of, of like taking on, um, relationships because I'm afraid that I can't make it on my own. You know, I think that was a, that was a big takeaway from it. Yeah. Um, that was really, and he moved out. I say that that was so strong of you to do that. I can't even believe it Mm -hmm. happened. I mean, you know, like it was one of those things where I just couldn't believe it was coming out of my mouth because I also had 
even still with like the issues that we had and how painful our relationship was. And, um, I still was so hooked into Mm -hmm. him and it, it was, I, I can't believe that I had in that moment, like the strength to just say, I can't do this anymore, you know? And, um, and he moved out and I really, like, I I really, really struggled with that. Mm. I was like obsessed, you know, wanted him back, wanted it, wanted it to work out, you know, but I, I knew that this was like the thing I had to do to be free. Yeah. Um, so, and and so it took a very long time. I mean, it really took a long time for me to get over that and get past it and and start um, realizing that actually all along, I was the one who could take care of things. That I It wasn't, I mean, I'm not trying to say, I think I've said this several times in different podcasts that like, I think a big part of, of my lessons in this life is learning the difference between being codependent in a relationship and being independent, realizing my independence and um, that I can make shit happen. And I don't need a partner to do that. Mm-hmm. A partner's a bonus, you know, in the whole thing. Yeah. And, um, and the partner can mean so many different things. It's like our relationship, yours and mine. It's like a partner in mm-hmm. life. It's like a husband. It's, it's, you know, all those things. So I have to, learn the difference. And I think that was, I think that Pluto transit was a huge start of it. And not only because my chart, everything is so like, I have like a stellium in my chart. So every time I have like a, like the Pluto square was happening, it was like, it wasn't just the Pluto square. It's like Pluto conjunct my Venus, Pluto square, my Uranus, Pluto square, Mars, Pluto square, you know? So my transit was like, 10 fucking years. It was yeah. Like, I was going to say. You know, it was, it was very long. Yes. And I think like during the middle of that time or something was when we became friends. Yeah. Yeah. Because I seem yep. to remember a lot of these themes that we were talking about way back then. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's, I mean, what strikes me about your story is Pluto gets, you know, Pluto's transits, but especially Pluto square get us into the core wound and right into it, you know, like, what is the big deal? You know, what is the, what's, what's mm-hmm. your, your big problem? <laughs> and, and so I think, you know, for what I see is that from that story, for you, it was a lot to do with uh, realizing that you could be a whole person without a partner. And mm-hmm. that that continued to be you know, with the other Pluto transits stuff that you were working on, but the Pluto transit there really kicked it off, you know, that Pluto square in a big way. It's like you've been, you passed the test, like with the beginning of it, you know, okay, kicking you out, (laughs) but that doesn't mean then the work stops just because the action is taken, you know, which is another good point. Then all this inner work has to happen too to integrate it, to process it. Um, You can't just make one action. It's not going to solve it. Uh, Then you have to do the digger digging around and, you know, finding what other parts of me need to be healed here, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. There was many pieces to that. It wasn't, but that was that, that I felt like was the crux Mm -hmm. of it, you know? And I thought, oh, I'm just going to take a year off from mm-hmm. dating or having a boyfriend and I'm going to discover myself and I'm going to like clear this up. And you know what? It was many years. It was like seven or I don't know. It was almost 10 mm-hmm. years, I mm-hmm. feel like. It didn't mean that I didn't have anybody in my life, but it was like there was n- nobody was coming in until I had that worked yeah. out, you know. So even the even the little ones that came through were like, you know, it, it was like they were just pieces to show me the way. Um, 
So it's funny how we think we have shit all figured out, you know, like, oh, I'm going to take a year off and I'm going to, then the right <laughs> person's going to come through because I'll be just totally solved. And it's like, I always laugh about that, you know, thinking back to that thought because it was like, wow, it really took a long mm-hmm. time to. Yeah. I mean, I think one thing about outer planet transits in general is the outer planets are about what is out of our control. You know, we, we cannot control mm-hmm. them and they are here to show us that <laughs> they come in by yep. transit. So Pluto transit will show you who's in control and it's not you, you know, you don't get to, like I said, you don't get to choose. Is it going to be a mild one or a hard one? Is it going to be inner or outer? Um, is it going to be, I do this thing and then I get the cookie. Like none of that gets to happen. Yeah. You, you are at the mercy of it. And that's part of the lesson is surrender. I mean, the big lesson is always surrender, I think. Uh, but it's with Pluto really vivid. <laughs> it's like mm-hmm. he's pinning you to the mat sometimes, you know, going, okay, you're not going to give up. Okay. Going to keep trying. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Just going to keep, you know, pinning you to the mat. And it's, it's a violent image, but I think it's apropos to Pluto. <laughs> well, and you know what, Dina? I think that that just like you said, uh, that it, when you're uncovering your fears too, it's like my, I think my biggest fear was of being alone, mm-hmm. you know, because, and I think that that's for a lot of, I mean, it's, it's not, I feel like I was, I had a lot of women friends also who were single and like trying to find good partners at the time too. And some of them wanted to have babies and stuff. And I think that was much harder. At least I had already done that. And so it wasn't as important to me, but, um, but I think that there was something about being alone that would mean that I wasn't worth it. You know what I mean? There was, there was like, to uncover it, it's like if you don't have somebody in your life or you don't have a boyfriend or nobody wants to marry you, then your worth is as um you're not worth as much, yeah. you know? Or it says something about you, you know, that I yeah. I don't get picked or you know, what the fuck ever. It's it's um it's a I'm not good enough. I'm not enough by myself. Yeah. I'm not enough. Yeah. And there's also a judgment theme. I you know, you have uh, Pluto and Virgo as I do. And so one of the core wounds of that is um it just, you know, self judging, self criticism, but also feeling judged and it can manifest as actually being judged you know, and the shame of being mm-hmm. judged. And I can only imagine like being a single mom has a stigma to it, you know, and in our culture. Oh, definitely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I've, I've been watching Made on Netflix. I I recommend it, but mm-hmm. I'm like to you, you know, like to people like, yeah, you know, who have walked that path of having been a single mom and have, you know, having faced really dire circumstances. It probably is pretty rough. Like it's painful for me to watch and I've never been a mom, you know? (laughs) Oh my God. I cried. What? After like the third episode or something, I went to bed. I cried for like three hours. I was so, it, it, if you want to see what a Pluto trans Mm. it's about, like that's, (laughs) that's the greatest movie for it because it's, it it also shows you that life is not so buttoned up and like perfect, you know? It it can be so fucky, yeah. For, <laughs> you know, and there's that fortitude that she has in that show of just like picking. You know, you there's points in my life I feel like where I've just like lost it again and put myself back into a position of suffering mm-hmm. or you know fallen back into something because you're just like I give up, you know, and then you have to start that whole Plutonian process over again of like tipping the bucket over and shaking out all the shit and then marching on, you know, it's, it's not easy. And I think that movie is just so as I'm glad you brought that up. Cause I feel like it's so relevant to what we're talking about on a couple you know? levels. You know, another thing that's very Plutonian about that series is it's like, it shows you how your 
wounds like in the in the case of that show she has a wound from childhood and I won't you know do a spoiler mm-hmm. but so she has a wound from childhood that she has suppressed and it comes to the surface and then yeah. she realizes that wound has driven a lot of the choices that she's made and it keeps playing out you know the echoes of that wound keep playing out until you become conscious of it you know and she actually mm-hmm. does enter into therapy in that show into group therapy and um is trying to work through it and she's very young you know she's 25 but um i you know can see that the themes there of okay if you don't grapple with what your core wound is that that got installed you know in childhood then it continues to drive your decisions and continues to rule your life you have yeah. to face it and it's really scary like it's really scary yeah. usually if it's not scary you're not looking at the right thing you know mm-hmm. it's going to freak the shit out of you and that's pluto stuff yep you know for me it's like yeah go i remember ahead. Oh, I was just, my stepfather was like such a, anyway, my stepfather was, wasn't the greatest man, but he, uh, I remember when I was 21, 22, yeah, something like that really early, but I had already had my daughter and, and I was single, you know, and he was like, well, you better find a man soon because if you don't find one by the time you're 25, you're never Mm going to get one. And I remember thinking, what a stupid fucking thing yeah. to say. Like, that is ridiculous. Absolutely. But I th- I almost think because I didn't have the best self-worth either, it was like, ooh, maybe that's the mm-hmm. truth. I mean, you know, and if you certainly look around now, like our culture, not as many people get married when they're 20 years old, <laughs> you know, or 25 even. Like... So, but even still, it was like, I think, I think that our generation, you know, that came from those products of the, the fifties or whatever, where it was like, your, your worth was built on if you got picked, if you got married, if you, you know, were getting the American dream or whatever. It's just, um, but I think, yeah, those wounds of like even if you don't believe things sometimes, sometimes they stick, yeah. don't they? Yeah. You know, just those ideas can stick. Right. You, I think you nailed it with the self-worth thing. Like if you already have a hole in your self-esteem on some issue, then somebody can whisper something in your ear and it's just going to go in, you know? Yeah. And you're like, oh, there it Even is. Even if yeah. you don't consciously believe it or intellectually believe it, it can sink in and it can mm-hmm. unconsciously direct your choices, you know? So mm-hmm. that's why it's important to do this Pluto work. And so when you're in the middle of a Pluto transit, I guess that's my biggest advice is uh, be willing to get help, be willing to undergo. I, I, I don't think it's enough to do a self-examination of your own unconscious stuff because no. we, by definition, the unconscious is unconscious. We can't know. Yeah. We need to be pushed a little bit and life will push you. Like, mm-hmm. you know, if you become uncomfortable enough due to circumstances, you have to deal with it. You know, like in that show, like she had to almost get beaten, you know, um, yep. to wake up and realize this is not healthy. Mm-hmm. And in life, we often have to almost figuratively get beaten, you know, to wake up. Haven't you done that yeah. before? I mean, I I can think of. I've always been like, wow, I like to take the long way around, mm-hmm. shit. You know, like I do a better job of not doing that anymore. But I just feel like I would. I. I had to go back several times and I know friends, it's so painful to see. It's so painful to see people returning to a situation where you know you have to get beaten up again in order to like finally make that change. Yeah. Yeah. You and I have watched people 
we love, you know, stay in situations that are hurting them. I mean, maybe not physically, but in other ways. And I've stayed, you know, in situations that were hurting me and it's until it hurts enough, you won't do anything about it. And Pluto is, Mm -hmm. you know, Pluto does often bring the amount of pain it takes to eject you out of a situation. (laughs) Yeah. You know, (laughs) uh, Sorry, guys. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I guess, you know, a way that I would want to comfort, though, anybody who's going through a Pluto transit or entering into Pluto square as well and say one of the other themes of Pluto is power. And it is about coming into your power. And if you, you know, mm-hmm. listen to, to either your story or mine, you can see that theme coming through really strong too. It's like you realize how much power you as an individual really have paradoxically because it's also about surrender and letting go. But it's like, you know, in in any great story, the, the hero or the heroine has to face annihilation before realizing they're actually, um, invincible in some way. Like the true essence of you is invincible. The true mm-hmm. essence of you isn't going anywhere. My house didn't define me. My marriage, my first marriage didn't define me. You know, those things being taken away made me realize like, oh, at the core, this is who I am. And I like who I am. And I'm a powerful person. It doesn't depend on those things. But mm-hmm. only through losing it. You know, did I realize that? So. Yeah, I I think that's, uh, that is the case. That's what makes Pluto so lovely mm -hmm. to me. Yeah. It connects you with your, I remember. It connects you with your true source of power. Yeah. I think that there were many, you know, that the crux, my story, that story, Mm -hmm. within that story and that time, there were so many pivotal moments of me trying to regain my power or to, or seeing things like where I was just like, Ooh, you know, that I, that I'm not going to put up with anymore. Yeah. You know? So, um, it's interesting. Yeah. yeah. And I don't know if that was so much soothing as to say, it's exciting. It's like a, it's, it's an, an initiation. Pluto Mm -hmm. square, you know, any of the midlife Mm -hmm. transits I think of as initiations into a new chapter of your life and your life is not going to look the same after it is before it. And that's a good thing. You would be so bored. We would be so bored if things just went along. La la la. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That I do think that that transit for me and maybe for for you too, it was the kickstart to a whole new life mm-hmm. for me, you know, a life of, of empowerment. And I think that, um, I'm not going to say that my life was horrible before that, but it was really painful. Yeah. And, and I think your twenties are hard, you know, for a lot of people, they're, they're very difficult and, even your early thirties can be hard. And I think that that was the time where, where things stopped, you know, where they changed and stopped being, I learned to take sort of control of my life, you know, instead of letting life take control of me in a Mm -hmm. lot of ways. So it was very pivotal and it, and it just got better into my forties, you know, because of that. I think those choices there. Yeah. A hundred percent. And, you know, I think (laughs) the thing to realize is like, we don't have a choice as to whether we're going to enter a Pluto transit or not. I mean, we're (laughs) going to get one, at least one Uh uh, in this lifetime. That's the Pluto square, but there's going to be others. And so why not befriend the parts of it that we can? Why not just realize, okay, you know, I'm going into it. This is a time of big change. This is a time to let go of what isn't really me, not really mine. 
and um, do it with consciousness and do it with awareness um, and ask for help when you need it. Mm-hmm. You know, cause it is, it is challenging. Yep. I wanted to bring up something real quick before we wrap sure. it up today. Absolutely. Um, I feel like I know that I have been going through my Pluto trine yeah. in the last couple years. And so I'm imagining that you're sort of starting that or you're in the midst of it too. I'm, I'm actually about where you are with it. I'm almost pretty much done. Are you? Yeah. Yeah. So I was thinking about that today and I was I was wondering, can you see, because I, I, I have tried to pay attention to this transit, even though trines tend to be easier, right? I mm-hmm. mean, they're easier, maybe more helpful, or um, what would you say about a trine? I mean, Yeah, I'd say that the it, there's flow and the energy is available, but it's not going to force its way into your life. It's not going to yeah. sh- show up you know, uninvited. It's almost like you have to tap into it consciously and be aware of it. And there are a lot of gifts in it. If you do. I'm wondering, did you, is there anything that you noticed from this trine, like any takeaway from it? Yeah. I mean, I think for me, you know, if we go back to that idea of the core, uh, looking at what is the core wound, I, I realize how far I have come, um, on some of these Pluto Virgo issues, because it will always relate to, you know, the Pluto trine Pluto or Pluto square Pluto will relate to the natal Pluto, you know, what is the sign of your natal Pluto. And for me, it's been a realization that, wow, I really have healed a lot of these things that used to hang me up so badly. And Mm -hmm. that realizing that I am less afraid has been, uh, freeing for me. And I've been able to act with more uh, freedom and empowerment and not be so afraid of what people think, which is, you know, part and parcel of a lot of different things occurring at this time. There's the Chiron return, there's, you know, other things, but I, I do attribute it to this Pluto trine as well. Just feeling, um, aware of the work that I've done and able to actually use it now in my daily life. How about you? That That's interesting because I didn't think about that much until you just brought it up. And then I think, well, that's a lot of what the work that I feel like I've done too, where there were things that came up that definitely like old wounds, right? Mm-hmm. Or ways that, I mean, my self-esteem just definitely uh, was a thing that I had, I, I've had to like overcome so much with my self-esteem. So, um, I've had a lot of opportunity to take a look at myself now and say, oh, wow, I would have reacted to that so much differently, like several years ago. And it doesn't, it doesn't even bother me. Exactly. I like see for what it is. And it's, that's interesting because that's a, piece that I have so much going on in my chart. Lately, I was like, hmm, I expected it to be bigger Mm -hmm. or something. I don't know. You know what I mean? It is like a quiet reality, a reality check or something. Yeah. It's interesting. Sometimes it's it's hard to tell because Pluto transits are long. You know, they're three years long. It's hard to think in the context of that length of time sometimes, you know, in order to try to figure out, oh, how is this manifesting? Um, Mm -hmm. It's three years long. So you really have to think in that broad stretch of time, you know, what have I learned? What am I, you know, what are the big themes here? Uh, And with trines too, they are more subtle, but Pluto is, is rarely altogether subtle, you know? So yeah, I would say, give yourself credit for the work that you've done on yourself and look at how it is uh, bearing fruit right now. Mm -hmm. I mean, those are the big takeaways I have from it. Um, And note too, that Pluto trine itself and Chiron return overlap, you know, they happen about the same time. So right now, at least for our generation. Um, So that's, 
something to note too, if you're around this age, it's like, okay, these two things that have to do with healing and the wound and, you know, there's some similar crossover themes with Pluto and Chiron. Um, and that could be hard to like, you know, pick out what's what, but does it really matter? You know, I think <laughs> it's, it's just important to observe your life and see, you know, how is it manifesting? What is the work that you're doing now? How is the work that you've done before uh, yielding something right now? Mm-hmm. Yeah, by this Pluto transit also butted up against a, I think Saturn was squaring my natal Pluto too. So it was like, there was a lot going on there and we moved to Colorado. Mm -hmm. And so the whole time that I've been here, I've been having sort of heavy transits ever since I moved. I think that even like leaving Portland to heal some of these old wounds. Um, I mean, I think that was a part of it. It was like, I had to like kick over that bucket too and go someplace else Mm -hmm. and like step out of it you know, lose some things that were really important to me to like gain a different perspective even. Um, so I think that some of the people that I've met here have, have helped me in some ways sort through those Pluto, those, those Pluto issues, you know, have helped. So I think maybe that's why it's almost harder for me to see too, is because, because you're sorting out you know, so many different things at once. We all are. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I love this one. I love this one too. (laughs) I love talking about Pluto stuff. Yes. Um, And I'm going to love actually all these, these transits that were, you know, big player planets. Mm -hmm. The big players. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to love this whole series where we're talking about this stuff. Yeah. I hope you guys do too. And um, we'd love to hear from you. Yeah. Yeah. Reach out anytime on Instagram. It's at Let's Get Real Astrology. Or you can reach out to me at Dina DeCastro on Instagram and Katie at Spark the Sun. Great. Thanks for listening. Yeah. Thank you. See you next time. See you next time. Bye. Bye. You can find out more about my readings at dinadecastro.com slash readings. I also offer an astrology mentorship program where I mentor emerging astrologers and anyone who wishes to advance their astrological skills and wisdom. You can find out more about the program and apply at dinadecastro.com slash mentorship. To get more weekly insights, follow me at Spark the Sun on Instagram or check out my website at katiesloanastrologer.com. Don't forget to follow, like, and subscribe to the podcast. You can find us on Google, Stitcher, Spotify, and Apple. And thanks again for listening. 